Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone. I'm, well... It's obvious. I'm John Verhoeven, and I was a cop back in the 80s in Sydney. And I'm Paul Verhoeven, John's son. I'm an author, and I wrote two books about Dad's time as a cop. The first five seasons of Loose Units spanned my time in general duties, forensics, my time as a firefighter, and even my stint running a funeral home. This season, we're visiting the locations of Australia's most notorious, baffling, horrific crimes, and looking at what happened there. From Snowtown to the family... From the Morehouse murders to haunted highways. This season of Loose Units is your go-to guide to the worst crimes in Australian true crime history. Welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. On the 26th of January in 1966, three children went missing on Glenelg Beach near Adelaide, South Australia. The reason Dad and I are talking about this case is because, first of all, It's unsolved, which is incredibly strange for a case that's received this much public attention for this long, but also because it has some disturbing ties to a crime that Dad and I talked about a couple of months back. Dad, this case is a very, very odd one. Uh, Have you ever been to Glenelg Beach, by the way, or have you been to um, that area of Australia before? Yes, I've been to Glenelg, and the train or the the vehicle with wheels uh, electrified, I believe, terminates at the wharf or the promenade um, at Glenelg and you sort of hop out and go and have a look at the basically mill pond Mm -hmm. uh, notorious for great white sharks and I don't think I'd I mean people love it they just you know they swim and on this particular day it was incredibly hot and it was Australia Day in 1966. Mm-hmm. I was six years of age. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that it changed the whole psyche of the nation in terms of, you know, parents no longer. It's been said and, and stated on so many platforms that Australia, this is the day it lost its innocence. I don't agree with that. I think that's a crock. Well, that was said about also the Wanda Beach murders. And I think I think what I'm trying to establish, Dad, in terms of the connection between the Wanda Beach murders and the Beaumont children mm, going missing mm, yep. is that they happened within a year of each other. Mm, um, mm. And up to that point, it was pretty chill. But I'm looking at Google Maps and I'm looking at their address, 109 Harding Street, where uh, the Beaumont children live with their parents. And it is, I would say... It's really, really close to the beach. It's about a, it's one and a half kilometers. And I can imagine how 
you would trust one of the kids to kind of get the other two to the beach and back. I mean, I'm looking. It's so close, Dad. Mm, it's mm. it's right there. Paul, you know, there are a lot of podcasts out there <clears throat> in podcast land, and a lot of listeners are continually writing. Uh, I don't know whether they write to you as well, but they certainly contact me. You know, getting me to read and listen to other podcasts. But I I have a tendency, and it's my the way I've done things over the last well five years. Uh, in terms of loose units, is not to be influenced by other podcasts. So what I like to do, um, and listeners, just a, a fun fact <clears throat> for all of you, is that dear sweet Paul during the week said, look, Dad, can we just possibly do a podcast that doesn't involve murder? And yeah. I, I had a laugh. I laughed when you said that. Because then a day later said, let's do the Beaumont children case which is completely one of the most messed up possibly cases and it's been reported for many many years all over the world lots of people know about it because it's it's famous and i also thought and couldn't believe paul that we actually hadn't done this story yet but i thought that was rather sweet of you to make out that we might do something light ah uh- I just didn't want anything with a you know another woman being kidnapped and no. found dead in a ditch. I mean, the, I know the thing that got me about this case, Dad, is the fact that they've just it's it's the the lengths to which the police and the family went. Oh, it's, to try and find these children is it's it's they did some things in relation to this case uh-huh. uh, that I've never ever heard being done in any other case. One of the things. Because I've got a few little facts that are really interesting in my opinion. But just briefly back to why I don't listen to a lot of other things is what I like to do is I like to get the facts, get an overview, Mm -hmm. and then go for a soft sand run, which I did this morning on the beach. Weirdly, uh, you may recall the last time we discussed the Wanda Beach murders, I'd been running that morning and then again this morning running on Bondi it's a very therapeutic, cathartic experience to run in the semi-dark to think about this particular case. And listeners, I'm sitting here with Paul. We're doing the recording. But less than an hour ago, I was running on a beach. And when you're running, it's sort of, it's rhythmic, it's hypnotic. You, I became immersed in all the possible scenarios that you know, what could have happened to the kids. And no one knows. So we are going to espouse certain theories. But, Paul, two facts that are very bizarre, Mm. and they're not related, but they're kind of incredible, and I don't... These just jumped out at me. Neon lights, flash, flash. First fact is that the family lived in Summerton Park. Mm. Do you know anything about Summerton Park? I'm sure I do. It's ringing the, a bell. The, the Summerton man. Yeah. He was found on Summerton Beach. Okay. Within minutes of where the family lived. Totally irrelevant, but kind of spooky. Second fact, the Beaumont children's father mm-hmm. was a travelling salesman. He was away for three days would you like to guess the name of the town he went to to work for three days? Oh, go on. Snowtown. 
That's very weird. Isn't and suddenly that just... South Yeah, suddenly oh. South Australia is starting to feel a little bit oh. creepy. It's just, I, you know, I, the facts are not related to this story. However, they are very, very interesting. That's very odd. Um, hey, by the way, I'm seeing two contradictory uh, accounts here, Dad. Hmm. So we've, doing, we've done our research and we're trawling through history records, newspapers, whatnot, and I'm seeing two versions of events, one in which the kids are dropped off at the beach and one in which they catch the roughly five-minute bus trip by themselves. Which one of those did you encounter? Okay. On the 25th of that month of that January. year, 1966, January, the day before Australia Day, mm -hmm. um, the father... He took the three kids to the beach. Wait, so he took them? The day before. Oh, I see. okay, yep, go on. And he, he, it's a heat wave. Um, for those people that have not been to or are unaware of the weather in, in Adelaide, South Australia, it can be hot. And to use Celsius, for those people that are in America, where they use Fahrenheit, um, you know, 40 degrees uh, is, is, not in, is not uncommon. So it's a heat wave and a lot of people flock to the beach. And it's a very safe beach except for the Great Whites. But in terms of waves, literally non-existent, well, that, that's the times that I've seen it. Um, no doubt someone will correct me because I do know that they have had storms. In fact, there were some serious storms early on in the 20th century that destroyed a, a, uh, a pier. Um, and the father is very specific. We have a lot of records of what the parents said because obviously you know they they even held a press conference uh, in their front yard which is traumatic but I'm jumping the gun a little bit but the dad takes the children and he actually said to the youngest uh, child who was a boy he said look you're not to go any deeper so the water's not to go past your the top of your trunks which is around about sort of where your navel is your waist and he was the youngest of the three and the dad sort of made it very clear to these children, you know, what they could and couldn't do at the beach, not to talk to strangers. We know he said that because of um, what he said after the disappearance. And then the next day, bearing in mind they live only one and a half kilometres from the beach, the mother put them on a bus. And they caught the bus to... Mm. Glenelg. Yeah. And then they were supposed to, because the bus um, that came by their house came every two hours. So they go to the beach. The dad's away. He's in Snowtown. And the mother expects, the mother actually goes to the bus stop at midday. And you've got to remember. It's 1966, but people are still fairly au fait with, for example, sunburn. You've got three kids and, you know, it's not, it's not safe or sensible to have your children out in those elements all day. So the mum sensibly says, I want you home at 12pm. The mother goes to the bus stop. Bus rocks up. Her three children do not exit the bus. She is not stressed at all for two reasons. She feels that perhaps they've met someone at the beach or, and this sort of um, sort of crystallises the fact that 
they live very, very close to the beach, is that she felt they may have just been dawdling, walking, as as kids do, and made their way home on foot. Mm -hmm. Yep. Then she waited till 2 p.m., and she had a friend staying with her, family friend. She goes back to the bus stop at 2 p.m., and the kids don't get off the bus. So, and then really weirdly, uh, Paul and listeners, at 3 p.m., uh, and I haven't been able to find out why the uh, the children's father came home a day early. He arrives home at 3 p.m., and then everything starts to become fairly serious. First thing the dad does, he goes down, he drives down to Glenelg Beach. If you can imagine a beach in summer, Australia Day, there would have been thousands of people on the beach. And the dad, being a father myself, I'm, I'm one does as one does do, you transfer your feelings and emotions and thoughts into, as best you can, into the into the mind and body of the dad. And, a, and you know, I've got three children. Yeah. Um, and if this scenario was running through Christine's at home, um, we're expecting you kids and then frantically. I mean, Paul, sometimes parents, if they've got a kid in the beach between the flags, sometimes you see a, a parent looking mm-hmm. like an eagle, searching out where... Where is my kid? Have they have they drowned? That's the scenario that was sort of postulated in this case as one example. Although a crowded beach, um, to my knowledge, no waves, triple drowning wouldn't happen. Very unlikely. Very unlikely. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. But the dad is scouring the crowd for the kids and he realises that the children are, are not there. He goes back home and he and his wife begin to... Well, it's just... I mean, 
I guess you'd be thinking they'd gone to a friend's house, perhaps. Um, you know, I don't know whether they had lots and lots of friends, but the the daughter, the eldest daughter, um, the mother said that she, while she was nine years of age, and if you look at the photograph, she was very tall, and the mother said she had the, well, she said the brain, um, you know, the intelligence of a 15-year-old. She was very, very smart, very canny, and very caring, very kind, very sensitive. And she'd written a note because two nights before this happened, Mm -hmm. the mum and dad went out for dinner for a few hours and left the kids. Now, before listeners start going, you left the nine-year-old looking after two younger siblings. Well, okay, I guess things have changed a lot, but... You know, I used to babysit our my brother and two sisters, and mum and dad used to go out, and it was safe. It was cool. This is back yeah. in the 60s and the early 70s, and that was in Sydney. So it's not an unusual event, but the parents very sweetly, um, again, this is factual um, information, the lovely girl, she wrote a beautiful note to her mum and dad you know, talking about various things, how she was going to, you know, borrow their radio and hope hope they didn't mind if they came home and found that, you know, uh, the daughter was, the younger sister was sleeping in the mum and dad's bed and this is why, and I've taken the radio because I want to listen to some music, hope you don't mind. One of you will have to sleep on the couch because, you know, you might not want to move your daughter. And she'd done this incredibly involved letter to the mum and dad, which I think it's, it, it's interesting it shows that she was trustworthy, smart, which is really important. Now, Paul, have you, you know, you've obviously been looking at this case mm. at this juncture. You know, what, what do you think may have happened? I'm a little confused because there's all kinds of differing reports. Um, obviously, like you said, they thought they just wandered off. But mm. what strikes me as interesting is um, how quickly they became convinced it was an abduction. So... I've got an article here from the Canberra Times. I'm going to read this. This is a, I've pulled this up from some archives. Here we go. Abduction fear. Search fails to find children. Adelaide Thursday. One of the biggest searches held in South Australia has failed to find a trace of three Adelaide children who have been missing since 10 a.m. yesterday. The children from the Adelaide suburb of Summerton Park have not been seen by their parents since they left home yesterday to go by bus for a swim at nearby Glenelg. They are Jane Beaumont, nine, her sister Anna, seven, and their brother Grant, four. Searches have already intensively covered Glenelg area several times. Police, police cadets, and volunteers are participating. Their father, Mr. G.A. Beaumont, 40 years old, said late today, somebody must be holding them against their will. They would have come home by now otherwise. Police say that a postman saw the children in busy Jetty Road, Glenelg's main street, yesterday afternoon at about the time they would have been expected to catch a bus home. Police established that they left the bus at the Jetty Road Mosley Street stop at Glenelg, only five minutes' ride from their house. Nothing definite is known of their movements after that. Police were told of their disappearance at 7.30pm yesterday and began a search which gradually increased in area and intensity until it covered all of the seaside suburbs and the seafront, as far south as Aldinga, about 30 miles south of Adelaide. Now here's where it gets a little interesting. They receive reports of possible sightings of the children by people throughout Adelaide every 10 minutes today. The maximum police effort has almost certainly excluded the possibilities that the children were drowned or became lost, like you said, Dad. 
Relatives and friends gathered at Mr. and Mrs. Beaumont's home today as they waited for news. The father, who accompanied searching police throughout, the, throughout last night, broke down several times today. So, the cops were driving around with a loudspeaker on the top of their car, <clears throat> calling mm. for help. Uh, there were boats searching. I mean, they really went hard. They were searching the nearby cliffs for cave-ins to make sure they hadn't wandered off. Because remember when we were kids, we'd walk along the cliffs mm. uh, of nearby beaches. Mm. I find it really interesting that there were so many sightings. Mm. Uh, every 10 minutes, mm. that's, a, that's a lot of false alarms. Would that mm. not make it harder for them to find people? Yeah, look, you've got to you've got to have a sort of a system where you siphon through the information and sort of, you know, have various piles of, of you know, you sort of sort things out. You do mm-hmm. a cursory sort of instantaneous and fairly sort of, you know, routine sort of gut feeling because you need to really sort of separate because you do also in these cases, unfortunately, you get mad people. Yeah. Uh, that just for lots of reasons just really like to get involved. But but Paul, we need to come back to a confirmed sighting. So we know the postman saw them, but I, I find one of the most um, fascinating aspects in the early stages of this that I have no reason to doubt at all. The postman recognised the kids. It's a community. It's in the 60s, three kids. You know, if you see three children, if you and Tegan regularly saw th- three children walking around your area... You'd recognise them. you recognise right? them. Yeah. Because three kids is... And and then go back in time to a time where there were, you know, people walked. You know, it, in 1966, it was, it was a luxury to have a motor vehicle. And there was a, like a cake shop, pastry shop. And this is a fact. There's no doubting what I'm about to say. The eldest daughter went into the shop. She purchased a pie. She paid for the pie with a... So it's pre-decimal because the decimalization of currency in Australia changed in 1966. A few months after this event, after the disappearance, the... Australian currency went from pounds to cents. She's walked in with a one pound note. I don't think as a, I mean, I was six. Trust me, one pound is an extraordinary amount of money. I don't even, I can't even fathom that they even could change a one pound note. So they, they would have remembered and they did remember the girl. They remembered what she bought and they definitely remembered the one pound note it's just unbelievable now that now to be the devil's advocate in this case one may then say she found a one pound note it is possible but unlikely but one of the suspects that we can discuss later on paul Mm -hmm. was notorious for handing out one pound notes to children now the his story is that he, and he was very well off, clearly, he used to hand out one-pound notes often to his children and friends so he could have some peace on a Saturday. That's kind of unusual. Um, But anyway, let's come back to the the fact that they were seen at the shop, or at least the eldest daughter was seen at the shop. 
And that's when things go awry. Um, I There was a an identikit done. Have you seen any of the photos or images of the, the suspect? No. The prime no, suspect had a very unusual face. Really unusual. It was very, very long and thin. And I've looked at the, uh, the identikit images and... This person, who was described as a male, tall, tanned, in his 30s, he was seen with the children, and the children seemed unperturbed. And then we need to then come to the mother. She'd been told by the the younger sister who is in the middle of the two kids, age-wise, she says to the mother a few days before, mm-hmm. oh, um, my, you know, the oldest sister um, has a boyfriend and she met him at the beach. I heard about this. Yeah. So, of course, the parents at that stage, because it's pre the event, they disregard and they think that that's just because that's kind of funny, and it's the sort of thing a little sister would say about a bigger sister. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, and she would not grasp or concept the real meaning of boyfriend, and the the term boy. Uh, it, it could mean a boy, but it could mean a man. But the description, interestingly, of this particular male person is that he was wearing bathers, and he was he had no shirt. Uh, as I said, well tanned, which means which which would would indicate on the balance of probabilities, taking into consideration mid sixties, that he was a beach type person, possibly local, and interestingly, he probably lived close by, and that's a uh, a theory that I definitely go with. I don't believe. If it's just one person, I can't see, but it's not out of the, the realms of possibility of someone getting three children. So it, it would not, it, it could not be forcible because one or two or possibly three, but even if you managed to grab one of the children, yeah, the other two would get away. Yeah, exactly. And it's the weekend and it's Australia Day and there would be lots and lots of people. Coming back to the fact that a lot of people don't have cars. There would have been on a hot summer's day. It's a holiday. It's it's another time. We all agree on that. Um, and a lot of people would have been walking. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not sort of the situation, I believe, where someone's sort of managed to get them away from the beach. I mean, there are just so many witnesses. You know, it, it would have been done... So imagine you or I are just down at a beach and we see a man with three children. Yeah. If the children are completely comfortable, they might not even be comfortable. They might even we, be... Yeah. They might, you oh. know, they could be having an, an altercation, but no, you no would, one. No, you would think they were just being taken back to their car by That's their right. parent and they didn't want to leave or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, look, it's really, really interesting, Paul. There are so many things... And it's, it's an unsolved case. And because it's unsolved, you and I here at yeah. Loose Units have a very, very um, 
we have a very good opportunity to to cast a wide net and and we are you know in a position to give our own opinions based on lots and lots of previous uh you know cases that we've looked at but also my time in the new south wales police force and my dealings with you know fucked up people and look there's so many things to um to unpick and then we haven't even touched on the suspects. No, we'll deal with the suspects next week. But, Dad, to your point, you said they cast a wide net. Figuratively speaking, this is a very, very similar thing. I've got an article here from uh, The Age on February the 3rd. Yeah? Hmm. So not long after they went missing. Uh, SA Harbour drained in children's search. Adelaide. Police searched the bottom of the Glenelg boat haven yesterday without finding anything to help them locate the three missing Beaumont children. The haven, which has a surface of 70 acres, was emptied at the request of police working on the case. About 35 cadets and members of the emergency operations group waded in a, in a line along the basin, churning knee-deep water and stinking at times thigh-deep into mud. Sorry, sinking. Hmm. They found nothing to help in their search for the children. Meanwhile, detectives at the Glenog Police Station have received no new leads to the man who was seen with the three children on January the 26th, the day after the day the Beaumont children went missing. So that's interesting. I mean, draining the harbour is pretty aggressive, but this other article I found, February the 2nd. Let's jump back a few days. Woman, positive I saw missing Anna with man. Adelaide, a man wanted for questioning about the missing Beaumont children, spoke to three people near Collie Reserve at Glenelg on Wednesday, the, ch- the day the children disappeared. Three children were with him when he approached a middle-aged woman and an elderly couple sitting on a bench on the foreshore and asked, have you seen anybody messing around with with uh, my clothes? Our money has been pinched. This important new development in the week-old search for the children came to light yesterday afternoon when detectives interviewed the middle-aged woman at her Glenelg home. So when you pair it with the fact that they were they were getting tip-offs every 10 minutes, it's entirely possible this man was just another man with uh, other children. Hmm. But then this woman claims that uh, he, she saw Anna with him. So hmm. God, the it's... fact that, yeah, it, it shouldn't be surprising to anybody that the uh, prime suspect, uh, suspects, plural, were men. Now, on this woman, on this old woman who was interviewed, the woman who was married told police that the man fitted the description given by four other people who had reported seeing the man who she said was definitely Australian with three children in the same area on Wednesday. Of the two girls and a boy with him, she was positive the younger girl was Anna Beaumont, seven. She was not sure that the others were Jane, nine, and Grant, four. To detectives working around the clock at search headquarters at Glenelg, the woman's information is valuable in corroborating the story of a 74-year-old woman who saw the children frolicking with the same man only minutes earlier on Wednesday. It also supports statements by three other people, who saw a man and the children in the same area. Police last night appealed to the elderly couple, to whom the man also spoke, to come forward. It was the only important development in another day of non-stop inquiries by baffled detectives. Okay, mm. so at this point, we've got searches in the harbour, we've got strange men. It's all sort of, nothing's really come together yet. But the reason we're going to be doing a two-parter on this case, folks, is because, like I said earlier, the lengths to which the police went and continue to go to try and find these children and get information. Because I believe as of 2018, there is still a $1 million reward hmm. if it leads to an arrest or it leads to information about the case. There's there's a list of suspects, and I think you will find there's a few names in there that eagle-eyed Lucian's listeners will be familiar with already, and that is, that's not a good thing. 
But yes, next week we will be continuing our look at the case of the missing Beaumont children. Dad, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? I believe that things escalated so quickly because the police involved, aside from the fact that it was three children, is that the they would have sensed and picked up on the extreme, um, you know, visceral trauma. You know, when the when the police drove the dad around in the afternoons into the evenings, which is a pretty amazing thing for the police to do, like put this guy in the back of a police car and go searching, and then when they dropped the dad home late at night the dad simply hopped in his own car and continued the quest all night it was it was a fucking nightmare and the police would have had been you know being being police officers hardened some of them you know hardened detectives you know that come up through the ranks this this case clearly affected them and i think that's why it just i mean the idea of going around suburbs with loud hailers is i've never heard that happening in my life and things things really happened really quickly. Although weirdly, the next day the the state offered a two hundred and fifty dollar reward or two hundred and fifty pounds. It's 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 nothing, which is kind of weird. But it, that over the years increased, as you said, to a million dollars. But I think Paul, we're just um, we need to get into the suspect situation um, next week. Yep, absolutely. So make sure you tune in next week, next Tuesday, in fact, for part two of our look at the case of the missing Beaumont children. We have a lot more to look at on this case and make sure you come back later this week for an episode of loose ends but in the meantime have a great week everybody and thank you so much for joining us for another episode of loose units the shadow files see you soon cheerio planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.